0: Wednesday, March the 13th, 2013, episode number 41 of the Football Nation Today podcast with Alex Reamer on footballnation.com. Welcome
1: inside episode number 41.
0: Football Nation Today podcast hosted by yours truly, Alex Dreamer, published every Wednesday on footballnation.com and for your downloading convenience in the iTunes store, please subscribe to the Football Nation Today podcast in the iTunes store if you've yet to do so. Big show lined up for you today. The NFL League year has officially begun, so Happy New Year to all you football fanatics out there. Also, free agency officially began yesterday, Tuesday, and that's what we're talking about today. Free agency bonanza. Coming up in a few moments in our first down segment, we'll speak with one of our good friends of the show, Sal Capaccio, sports radio host up there in Buffalo, Sports Radio WGR. Also check out Sal's work on his website, SalSports.com. Keep in mind, Sal and I spoke on about mid-afternoon on Tuesday, so depending on when you listen to the show, some of the details may be a little bit out of the date. Uh, Sal again, a Buffalo guy, so we talked a little bit about the Bills situation. And as of our conversation, Ryan Fitzpatrick had not been officially cut yet, but Sal and I, are big points still stand. We talked a lot about the Patriots and Wes Welker and how easily the Patriots would be able to replace Welker if he were to leave as a free agent, and Welker did reach free agency. That certainly is a real possibility. Um, and also, Sal, of course, covers the Bills for Sports Radio WGR up there in Buffalo. So I asked Sal, how did the Bills and the other teams in the AFC so look like to go off the Patriots this offseason, do the Jets do with Darrell Revis? the Ravens, how are they going to surround Joe Flacco now that they've traded Anquan Bolden and let Danelle Ellerbee and Paul Parker walk via free agency. And also he asked him about the Percy Harvin and Bolden trades and which trade he found mo- more risky and, uh, and about the arms race that's building there between the Niners and Seahawks out west. Then in our second-down segment, we take a look at the biggest off-field NFL story of the week. And To me, it's about this flat salary cap and all the implications that go along with it. Uh, We've heard countless times about it would be a bloodbath this free agency season. A lot of owners, a lot of GMs having to make tough decisions on players. And to me, a lot of the players who have been cut as a result of this flat cap are are veteran players who were overpaid. A lot of names out there, but a lot of these guys in their early to mid-30s overpaid. Uh, Teams wanted wanted them to take pay cuts. They wouldn't take the pay cuts. they get cut or traded instead. Uh, Is this owners or are these front office people taking power back from the players? Are they reasserting their dominance across the landscape of the NFL with some of the cuts made this week and all the names that are out there? We'll talk about that. Then in the third down segment, it's the Big Up Slowdown, talking about the most risky offseason move thus far. Is it Mike Wallace with the Dolphins, Percy Harvin with the Seahawks? Speaking of the Dolphins, have they built themselves into a contender with some of their moves this week? And Chris Gamble, 30-year-old cornerback Chris Gamble, was set to become a free agent this offseason, but instead he reportedly will decide to retire. Is that a sign of things to come? Players hanging it up early in the NFL. We'll talk about that. Then the fourth down segment, it's the Reamer rant. I'm ranting this week about some of the media's coverage of the free agency frenzy and the fact that the NFL Network and other television stations have continue to put bad GMs Bad GMs who got fired, like this offseason. Hi, Scott Pioli, how are you? As the center of their NFL offseason coverage. Why do we want to listen to what a failed GM, a recently failed GM, has to say about what other GMs should do? We'll talk about that to close out the show. But before we get to my conversation with with WGR's Sal Capaccio, Um, I went off my conversation with Sal talking about the leaked Bills tape. So I figured I'd play you some of my favorite cuts before we get into Sal. Oh, I could listen to this stuff a million times. sure you know the story by now. Deadspin got their hands on some uh, recordings of Bills GM Buddy Nix, 73-year-old Buddy Nix. Apparently, these two guys prank called a publicly listed phone number for the Buffalo Bills front office. They get a secretary. They say they're Tampa GM Mark Dominic, They ask for Buddy Nix. They get, you know, redirected to Nix's office. And shockingly, at least to the guys calling, Nix actually answers the phone. So they hang up, shocked they could get the Buffalo GM on the phone that easily. And then Nix proceeds to call them back on their random cell phone several times. And this goes on and on and on. And it continues to go on, and the guys say, Oh my god, Buddy Nick's like an estranged lover who won't leave us alone. He keeps calling us, thinking we're the Buccaneers GM, Mark Dominic. So they eventually call Tampa Bay, get connected to Dominic, and while they do that, Nix happens to call them on the cell phone. They put Dominic and Nix together, and uh, this is what it sounds like when Buddy Nick's thinks uh that Mark Dominic was dodging his calls for the, Last couple of days.
1: Buddy, next mark Dominic. Mark, that's Man, I've called you back a hundred times. <laughs> hey, I've tried to. I called that number I had and, and you know I never did get an answer machine or nothing. So, just lying. maybe I had the wrong number. You the wrong number, buddy. I thought I called you back for a heartbeat. I wouldn't mess around with that. Oh, I know you would. And I, and I, uh, that's what I figured. I had the wrong number. So, anyway, I got it in my phone. Let me get my, let me get my glasses and see what number I got. <laughs> I got. Now it's not me at all. Well, no kidding. No, it's not my number at all. Well, let me get it. Yeah, are a I don't have any. Oh my god, no wonder. I
0: ain't getting nobody. Put it on me. I mean, oh my god. That will never ever get old. I've tried to call about a million dadgum times. No answer machine, no nothing. I mean, oh my god. How embarrassing for Bills fans. I mean, your GM doesn't even know how a phone works. I mean, i got a million times. No answer machine, no nothing. Oh, let me get my glasses here. See if I have the right number. I mean, really? That's how NFL GMs communicate? They play phone tag with each other? And you can call up Bill Belichick? You know, he'd say, oh, hey, I'm Ryan Grigson of the Colts. You know, Bill's calling you back on your random cell phone number, you know, four or five times in a row <laughs> trying to play phone tag with another GM. I mean, come on. Is that really how it works? I mean, these GMs don't share phone numbers with each other, don't share email addresses with each other, you know, don't have, you know, the front office. They don't have the numbers of the other secretaries on their phones. I mean, Buddy Nix just goes in there, receives calls from random you could, I could call Buddy Nix right now. Say, so, hey, Buddy. <laughs> Bye. Bill. Bill Belichick. want to talk to you. <clears throat> Give me a call back. And he would call me back on my cell phone number. Hey, Bill, how are you? Been trying to call you. No answering machine. No nothing. Call you dead gum million times. I mean, my God. Is that really how it works? These GMs just playing phone tag with each other? Call them up, call back random cell phone numbers. They don't exchange any contact information. The secretaries don't exchange contact information. I mean, that's really how it works? I find that awfully hard to believe, buddy. (laughs) I mean, my God. I mean, has Buddy Nix never received a phone call before? (laughs) Goodness gracious. And he just presses redial into his phone. Oh, yeah, where's Mark Dowdick? He called me. He called me, I swear. And I love how Dominic thinks he's crazy. He's like, oh, God, I mean, this is why I didn't give Buddy my phone numbers. <laughs> don't have to deal with crap like this. No, nope, Buddy, no, nope, that's not me, Buddy. I don't mess around like that. I mean, my God, you could almost hear the disdain in his voice. But this was legitimately Buddy Nix because Nix, of course, throws former Bills quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick under the bus. Take a listen to this.
1: You guys moving anybody? Well, no, I don't think so. I mean, you know, we we're still struggling here with with our quarterback. You know, yep. his backup. Yep. Sure. I say struggling. We're not really struggling. He's he's gonna have to do something, or uh, you know, or we'll have to. You know, he'll uh, have to. Uh, yeah, he'll have to. Because you know, we just can't pay can't that kind of money for guys fighting for drop their backup job. Yeah. Don't make sense. It's hard in a weird spot. Yeah, it is. And any damn quarterbacks, you know, if, if, you're one, if, if you ever get one, everything's easy from then on. I mean, you know, we finally got settled with, we had Grill Threes and Phillip Rivers out there in San Diego. so You can just draft and free-wheel it and get what's there, whatever. It doesn't matter. I told him, I know Ryan Grinch, I said, Look, you got the best kick in the National Football League. Right. you got a quarterback yeah. first pick? You're a genius for 10 years now. I mean, you can just go draft everything else and you're good to go. Yeah, take the best on the board. You know, don't worry about it. That's right. Well, we gotta get one somehow. Yeah. We had time
0: to need it. You can imagine. Yeah. You know, we still have the quarterback situation. Oh my god. You know, we got some problems there. No, we're not really looking to move anybody. Uh, he's right about the quarterback, though, both of them, Dominic and Nex. Uh, you can't win without one. But if you're a Bills fan, here's the question. How can you expect your GM, Buddy Nix, to pick the next quarterback when he can't figure out how to even call back another general manager? A guy's playing phone tag. Does I guess he has no contacts in his cell phone. Didn't bother to get any other GM's phone numbers. Didn't bother to get the phone numbers of any other front offices. <laughs> Same goes for the Bills secretary. Anyone calls, I'm marked out. like, okay, we're not going to screen the call. We're not going to do anything. Here you go to Buddy. I mean, oh, my God. Oh, my God. If you're a Bills fan, in all seriousness, my God, how do you have any faith in this front office in selecting your next quarterback when they can't even figure out how to call back another general manager? Sal Capaccio, as we said, does a great job covering the Bills. One of the premier football guys out there. You can hear him now on Sports Radio, WGR, and Buffalo. We let off talking about that and then talked about some greater free agency topics. It's Football Nation Today, episode number 41. We'll be right back with Sal Capaccio of Sports Radio, WGR, and Buffalo, and also SalSports.com. Welcome back, Football Nation Today, Alex Reamer. It's our first down segment, NFL Free Agency, officially underway to help us break it all down. Welcome back, a good friend of the show, Sal Capaccio. You know him from Sports Radio, WGR, up there in Buffalo. Sal, how are you?
2: Pretty good. It's a uh, wild week, obviously, Alex, so uh, a lot to keep our ears to the grindstone and get after this week, for sure.
0: We appreciate the time, Sal. First question I want to ask you, we talked about this briefly off the air, Buddy Nick's this whole Deadspin report, I mean, wow. Uh, how are Bills fans feeling today, knowing that their GM uh, apparently doesn't really know uh, how the phone works or doesn't have really any other phone numbers of the GM's, uh, you know, in his repertory. He has just, thinks he has to call secretaries and stuff. But what do you make of this story?
2: Well, first of all, I don't really see what the big deal is because thousands of people listen to my phone conversations every every Saturday when I'm on the radio. You know I mean? I take yeah. phone calls, and I know people are listening. So... <laughs> You know, uh, obviously, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for the Bills. It's embarrassing for Buddy Nix. I feel bad for him. The guy's in his 70s. He's not, um, you know, I guess the first logical place that people are going to go is, well, he's too old to understand, and why is he, like you said, you know, not calling these guys directly? I mean, I don't know. I don't know the inner workings of these general managers and what their relationships are to each other. I feel bad. I think that what was done here was illegal, um, and I think that um, it paints, obviously, the Bills, and a pretty bad leg, considering the fact that they're already a team that takes enough hits for having a, uh, you know, an old general manager, an old coach that they had, you know, and they had Marv Levy come back and then Shane Gilley wasn't, you know, a spring chicken, but, you know, it's just uh, more piling on to an organization that continues to get piled <laughs> out. I'm not even saying it's not deserved. It is basically deserved for all those reasons, but that said, well, he makes a good guy, and this could have happened to anybody, and I feel bad that it happened to him, to be honest with
0: you. Uh, Sal, though, but in Foxborough, the Patriots probably have, like, you know, those $30 pays. You go phones, they conduct business, and throw them away. So this stuff doesn't happen. I don't know if this has ever happened in Foxborough, Sal. <laughs>
2: no, exactly, but uh, you never know, I guess, what uh, this day and age, what people are capable of, and you, you see it all the time, and I guess nothing surprises me anymore, and I, I feel bad, and, you know, from the football aspect of it that came out of this, there's actually one good thing, and that is that, um, you know, the Bills, no one's – Buddy Nix didn't say anything to incriminate himself as far as any kind of tampering, or neither did Mark Dominic. And, you know, typically with a situation like this, you might get something like that, but not here. You know, it seems like they were following the rules. They just got duped. And that's really the only sin that was uh, really committed here. And the bad thing, though, I will say, though, is for Ryan Fitzpatrick, it appears that mm. – his own doing, giving him that contract he did. Now he wants to get him out from under it because, you know, he's saying he makes so much money. Well, I mean, you gave him that contract.
0: Yeah, how do you think Ryan Fitzpatrick feels today after hearing this?
2: Yeah, pretty pretty darn crappy. Uh, his agent probably does, but I think Fitz knows the writings on the wall, and he's known that for a while. As right. soon as they made the change to Doug Morell, I mean, heck, as soon as he played the way he did and his own coach got fired last year, who was his biggest supporter, I think that that kind of sealed his fate. Uh, I think one of the things, though, that people are misunderstanding is when Doug Marone, when they re-signed Tavares Jackson, he made a statement. He said, we're going to have an open QB competition. Well, that doesn't mean the open QB competition is only between Tavares Jackson and Ryan Fitzpatrick, and people jumped to that conclusion and said, well, he lied. No, it just means an open competition. Who said that he didn't mean that he's also going to bring in another player or get rid of one of the guys he has? He just said it's an open competition. He never stated who that competition was going to be between.
0: Right. Uh, Sal, so, uh, your big AFC East guy, obviously, obviously covering the Bills for Sports Radio WGR in Buffalo. Uh, take me through the other three teams, the AFC East, real quick. We know the Dolphins have $40-plus in cap space. They're linked to Mike Wallace. Uh, the Jets, David Garrard coming in, looking to you know throw a bunch of crap against the wall, to see if it sticks with them at quarterback. And, of course, Darrell Rivas is the big question there. Buffalo has a new head coach, Doug Marone. Um, quickly, other three teams, the AFC East, what do you think their attacks are this offseason to try to, you know, as always, close that gap between themselves and New England?
2: Well, I think that the Dolphins can protect Ryan Tannehill, and that's going to be a big if, But you know, Jake Bong, we'll see what happens with him, he's obviously not going to be back with them, but if they can protect him, if they do land Mike Wallace, that's a pretty formidable group there. I mean, you got Tannehill throwing who looked pretty good as a rookie, now think about this for a second, you got Wallace... You got Brian Hartline as a number two, is an excellent receiver. And then you move Devon Bess with 800 yards receiving. Is your number three guy? I mean, most teams in the league would pretty much kill to have right. a group that had those kinds of numbers and that kind of talent. That's, you try to cover those guys for four quarters. There's not many teams that have those kinds of DBs that won't be able to do that. I like what Miami's doing. Um, they were pretty solid anyway, as it was last year on the defensive side of the ball. We'll see what happens with their running game. Uh, obviously, it doesn't look like Reggie Bush is going to be back there. So I like the strides Miami's taking. They have more money. We'll see where they go with that money, and if they can uh, improve the roster. The Jets—they're a tire fire right now, and I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. Uh, when David Garrard might be your answer at quarterback, then you have no answer at quarterback. And <laughs> are getting, uh, things are getting—things are looking pretty bleak right there. And obviously, on the defensive side of the ball, losing Mike Pettine, the defensive coordinator, to the Bills, by the way, looks like you know without Bart Scott now, without uh, Calvin Pace, those guys—they get rid of. Not that those guys were world beaters; they weren't. But even uh, now they cut and pull cool on now, and, you know, that's a big defensive lineman that uh, did some things. So as far as the Jets are concerned, uh, I don't see them uh, doing anything except getting worse this year, taking a step back. The Bills might be worse. They might be. All nice. engines on what, what uh, they can do at the quarterback position. Do they sign somebody? Do they draft a rookie? Will that rookie play? Does head coach Doug Marone and Newton Nathaniel, Hackett, offensive coordinator, uh, come in and, uh, you know, do some things that maybe people don't expect? I'm being optimistic when I say that because, quite honestly, the Bills have too many holes right now, Alex, and they'll probably be just as uh, poor as they were last year in the win loss total, if not maybe worse. So hmm. at least the Patriot. What are you going to do? you got Tom Brady, you got Bill Belichick, and if they're a division to lose, once again.
0: If you were the Jets' Sal, uh, Darrell Rivas, would you trade him this off-season?
2: Yeah, of course I'd look to do that. I think that right now it's becoming a point where uh, they're not winning with him
0: right so why
2: keep him around I don't think he's a difference between them and the playoffs now yeah. and as good as he is and I understand there's a PR element to it he's a great player and you know he helps put fannies in the seats not to saying that corners necessarily do that but he's a name so you bring a name to uh, to the table every time you line up on Sunday for fans to go see and he's a fan favorite but that said that's a lot of money you can spend it elsewhere and again who knows what he's gonna do coming back from the injury and They're not really a team that, with Darrell Revis on the field, I don't think it makes them a playoff team. So why not try and get some parts, see if you can trade them. The question will be, can you get what you think is value? And I'm not sure they will. So I would probably look to move him, get some high picks if you can, maybe a couple players.
0: I always said that, too, with Sal about Darrell Revis and the Jets. You're not going to win with them. You're not going to win without them. Contract's coming to a close. So see what you can get for him. And if the Percy Harvin's package is any indication – seems like the Jets could get a nice deal for him. Speaking of Percy Harvin, Sal, which deal would you rather make? Uh, surrendering a first-rounder, seventh-rounder, and a third-rounder in 2014 for the 24-year-old Percy Harvin, and then probably signing him to a big extension since his contract's up after the following season, or Anquan Bolden for a sixth-round pick and paying him the $6 million for this season. Which deal would you have rather made?
2: I would have made the uh, Bolden deal because of the team that was involved. I, I-, I think that it's... That's a different deal depending on what team you are. If you're a younger team that's, you know, your window is uh, just starting to open and you're looking to build something, I like the Harvin deal. You can do that. If you think you're going to win, right, with, you know, and move forward. But for the Niners, the Bolden deal was a better deal because, hey, oh, that might be the difference between them and a Super Bowl championship. Let's be honest. They weakened the champion, and they got better, and they got one player maybe who might get them over the top. So I would think it depends on what team you are. Overall, now on the Buffalo Bills, I'd probably want the Harvin uh, deal because it's a group that you're trying to keep together. You're trying to get a young quarterback in there, and you would need a young receiver to go along with them. And, you know, you still have Stevie Johnson there. But if I'm a team like New England, I think Bolden makes more sense because you don't have Tom Brady for any more than a couple more years, probably at his highest level.
0: Oh, don't tease me at Bolden, Sal. That was my dream for him to come to the Patriots. I love his game. He's a tough physical guy, Sal. I'm not afraid to get in there. I love Bolden's game.
2: I just And here's the thing. I don't hate either deal. I like the deal for anybody because you're getting really good players, although, you know, Parvin does bring some baggage with him. We'll see if that baggage goes away now that he has left Minnesota. But, um, I like either player, and I'm not saying I wouldn't take them. If, if the Bills got a chance to do that deal for either player, I would do it. at uh, the Patriots did, you probably would, I would guess, as a Patriots fan. But, uh, I think it depends on your situation. If you think you're one player away, Anquan Bolden can be that player. If you think that you're building something and you need dynamic player for the next five, six years, then, of course, Percy Harvin is that guy. And I don't think that's too much to give up if you think you're in that situation.
0: Patriots observer, Sal. We're unbiased here in the media. You know that. Come on. Um. Oh, yeah, A <laughs> um, few more questions on the Bolden-Harvin deals. I think it's interesting. 49ers, Seahawks. Is this maybe the next great arms race in the NFL?
2: Um, maybe or next great arms and legs race. You know, yeah, there we it's go. Yeah, alex right I mean, it, it's not about the arm anymore. It's about the complete packages of, of the quarterback. Now, of course, we can say that. Well, still, there's been no running, quote unquote, quarterback to win a Super Bowl because the guy who won it was Joe Flacco. But let's be honest. In mean, the way that this league is going, you need a guy who can do a little bit more than just sit back and throw darts all over the place. So, although, you know, Joe Flacco won the Super Bowl doing that, uh, the way this league is going and the way teams are spreading the field, you need athletes on the field. Um, I think that we are seeing a, a new day and age. We're seeing like we saw maybe in the mid-'80s when we had just a whole resurgence of quarterbacks. And I remember we dipped in the, I remember thinking, Alex, when I was, you know, about your age, you know, I was in the mid-'90s, and I was thinking, boy, you know, we're void of a lot of really good young quarterbacks in this league, and now the cycle's changed again. So it's not just those two. So I agree with that statement, but I think you have to expand that out. I mean, you know, a lot of dynamic quarterbacks in this league, and I think there's going to be some coming into this league even over the next few years we have to
0: keep an eye on. Uh, about the Bolden goes from the Ravens to the Niners, uh, I look at this and I say, why would the Ravens not want to pay Bolden the extra $2 million? and not even $2 million, if you read some of the recent reports? Uh, he was asking for, I mean, don't you need to surround Joe Flacco with the best weapons possible?
2: That's a really good question, and uh, I've been debating this with some other people, too, in in the exact kind of way you put it, and you know, I think what I've settled on is, number one, I think Ozzie Newsom is the best GM in football, so I don't really question a lot of what he does. Uh, A lot of other teams, they make this move, I'm like, what the heck are you doing? You're stupid, but I can't say that about Ozzie Newsom. He's made so many terrific moves. He's built a Super Bowl champion basically twice now, um, and they're in contention every year for a Super Bowl championship, so... That's number one. I don't want to err on the side of blaming Ozzie. I would rather err on the side of, okay, I'll give Ozzie, you know, the benefit of the doubt. Number two is, if you're a Super Bowl champion, like they are, you're obviously pretty good already. So taking one piece away isn't going to kill you. You must have some pretty good talent on that team. And you know what? They had to save some money. So, again, I'll go back to Ozzie Newsom knows what he's doing. He's one of the best GMs, if not the best GM in football. He felt it was more wise to save that money, spend it elsewhere, some other holes they had because they were up against the cap. Yes, for you and I and any team out there, we would love to have Ain't Bolden, especially at that rate, and wonder why can't you pay him? But you know what? I'll give Ozzy Newsom the benefit of the doubt because he's proven time and time again he knows what the heck he's doing.
0: What, well, Patriots and Wes Welker? Another situation there. Um, is Welker worth more to the Patriots, do you think, Sal, than any other team on the market?
2: more to the Patriots than any other team. He's worth a lot to almost every team. But he's a big part of what they do. You know, the funny thing is you say that he may be more valuable to them than any team, but at the same time, I don't know if they don't feel that they can just replace him a little easier than anybody else would. You know, you've seen what you guys can do there by bringing in a Julian Edelman and, you know, having the kind of guys in in Woodheads and those just under underrated guys, I guess you'd say, that can just step up and do a lot of things. It's happening over and over again with the New England Patriots. So, yeah, he's probably more valuable to them than almost any other team. But at the same time, I don't think the Patriots are going to really worry too much if they have to replace him with a guy that they feel they can plug in to their system.
0: The funny thing is, though, Sal, and maybe just a situation that we follow the Patriots so closely here, we more closely scrutinize them than – other areas and maybe our, uh, maybe our perspective gets thrown a little out of whack, but I mean, I look at the Patriots, people say, Oh, they can replace Walker easily. I don't know. I mean, the last time they successfully drafted a wide receiver was Dion branch in 2002. Haven't drafted another wide receiver since who's worked out besides Edelman in the seventh round. Uh, Haven't really brought in many free agents recently to a lot of success. Joey Galloway, Chad Johnson, they were even upset with Brandon Lloyd's production last season. Um, Gronkowski, Hernandez, those guys have shown the inability to stay healthy for a full season and postseason, like Welker always has. So, I don't know, Sal, how easy it would be for the Patriots to replace Welker, who has 100-plus receptions in five of his six years as a Patriot.
2: Well, the thing I... I agree with that. You know, he's, he's very hard to replace my point is I think they're in a position in that team with that system and that quarterback to be able to replace him better than anybody else would be able to, you know, you, you lose a guy like that. Of course, he's going to hurt, you know, he's going to hurt the Patriots. And if he leaves, you know, it's, it's going to be a dent into their offensive system, but they're the type of organization that could recover from that a lot quicker, Alex, than any other organization. I think because of who their quarterback is and because of the system that they run and, that said, if Welker goes to any other team, I don't know if he makes as big of an impact right away because they know so well how to use him in New England. and I don't know if anybody would really understand how to use him. I think most teams would really take Wes Welker and try to ask more of him than what he's actually suited to do, if that makes sense. you know. Oh, sure. So he would probably be you know, put a lot more on his plate than what he has in New England considering what he has around him, and it wouldn't work out as well because they just don't have that kind of quarterback. They don't have that kind of system. But I'd be... I wouldn't be I wouldn't be happy if I left him in New England, if he left, but I would feel comfortable that I have a good organization that knows what they're doing, will find a way to better replace him than most teams would be able to.
0: All right, Sal Capaccio, Sports Radio up there in Buffalo. WGR, we know you got to go, Sal, so final quick question. Uh, what are you going to be following most for this week? Is it the Patriots and Walker and the cap space they have with Brady's extension? Is it the Ravens and what they do there? Is it Revis and the Jets? Is it the Niners and uh, Seahawks out west? Uh, what's your big storyline this week?
2: Well, I think locally, of course, I think the right. first thing I'm going to follow is what happens with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, right. You know, the Bills have until Wednesday to make a decision on him. They have the second day of the league year, basically, which starts March 12th at 4 p.m. Uh, they have until till Wednesday the 13th, so they'll make a decision on whether or not they're going to pay him $3 million and keep him around. So that's the first thing that I'll right. keep an eye on. But nationally, when you go outside of Buffalo, I think the Dolphins are a team that I'm keeping an eye on because, you know, that's a team that uh, – here in Buffalo, we know all too well, as you do in New England, it's been a, pretty much a rival. But, you know, I, if they use that money wisely, they could be pretty good next year. I'm wondering who they're going to use that money on, if they do sign a Mike Wallace, if they uh, get some help on the offensive line, if they get more help on defense. I think that could be a team that really ste- steps up and sticks out my mind. So I think I'll keep an eye on uh, the new, the uh, Miami Dolphins, exactly what they do with all that cap space that they have.
0: It's WGR up there, Sports Radio Buffalo. Asafam on Twitter. At Sal Sports. Sal, we appreciate the time as always. Now you have a busy week ahead of you, so we'll talk to you later. We appreciate the time.
2: Hey time for you, buddy. Thanks, Alex.
0: <laughs> so, again, big thanks to Sal Capaccio, SalSports.com, and Sports Radio WGR in Buffalo for taking the time out of a very busy week for him and coming on the program today. Uh, second down segment this week, as I said in the opening, but front office is sending messages. You know, there's a flat salary cap across the league this year, and we heard that it would be a bloodbath. Players would be cut left and right, and that has come to fruition to an extent. As of this recording, 15 players who started all 16 games last season have been released, so there are a lot of everyday players out there, both on offense and defense, certainly a lot more than there has been in recent years. Um, but the theme to me, above all else thus far, early on in free agency is that the owners seem to be reasserting themselves. They seem to be letting the players know that they're in charge and they're not going to overpay for it. We don't care what you've done for our franchise. We don't care if you've won a Super Bowl with us just a month and a half ago. Uh, If you're not going to acquiesce to our wishes, acquiesce to our demands, if you're not going to take a pay cut when we want you to take a pay cut, Uh, We're going to cut your ass. We're going to trade your ass. We're going to get rid of you because we run the show here, and they're going to all say, oh, it's the flat salary cap. There's nothing we can do about it, but the bottom line is you can still maneuver your way around this thing a little bit. The Patriots did it a few weeks ago with Tom Brady giving him the three-year, $27 million contract extension, freed up roughly $8 million in cap space for this offseason. Uh, the Steelers did it with Ben Roethlisberger, restructured his deal, freed up about $6 million in cap space this offseason. The Jets did it yesterday with wide receiver Santonio Holmes. Uh, it, this kind of stuff happens all the time. You can still find a way to kind of maneuver around the salary cap, even if it's not going to increase, like at largely we won't this upcoming season, or I guess now this current season since the new year, league year has begun. Um, but a lot of teams are using this flat cap as, an, as a way to get out from under some overpaid veterans who, you know, that don't want to take a pay cut, fine. We'll get rid of you. To me, it's really about owners reasserting their dominance. You know, the Ravens traded Anquan Bolden over $2 million. Or as I was saying with Sal, you read the recent reports, even less than $2 million. Uh, Bolden has a $6 million non-guaranteed option for the season. Ravens wanted him to cut it down and neighbor it $4 million. Bolden said, no, I'm not cutting my pay even by a penny for you guys. I'm on the books for six million. I want my six million. And the Ravens said, all right. Fine. Thanks for the season. Thanks for the Super Bowl. See ya. Have fun in San Francisco, you know, We're done with you. Paul Kruger, you want five years, forty million? We think you're overpaid and overrated. See ya. Uh, Danielle Albbre, you want thirty plus million dollars? See ya, we could do without you. We don't care that Ray Lewis is is retiring. We don't care that we've already lost Kruger. We think you're gonna be overpaid. See ya. Uh, Ed Reed, hey, love you. Mean it. Great Super Bowl run this year. But you're 34. You're not going to come to a deal on our terms. Reach free agency. See what else he got out there for you. The Colts had over $30 million in cap space when the offseason began. I'm not sure the cap situation is now. They've signed a number of offensive linemen, which I think was a good move for them. They need to continue to work to try to protect Andrew Luck as best they can. And their offensive line certainly needed some improvement from a year ago. Uh, they signed a cornerback. They signed a linebacker, Eric Walden. So the Colts have been fairly active. But at the start of the offseason, they had all the cap space in the world. Had close to $40 million of cap space. Um, And they released Dwight Freeney. You know, see ya. What? Don't want to restructure a deal. I think we're, we think you're overrated. We think you're getting paid too much. See ya. The Colts wanted to re-sign Freeney. They could have. if They wanted to keep Freeney. They could have, but they didn't. The Cardinals cut 33-year-old safety. Adrian Wilson. The Vikings traded Percy Harvin. Oh, you're going to hold out on us this year? See ya. We made the playoffs without you. Antoine Winfield, you're getting long the tooth. See you later. The Eagles cut Namdi Asamoah. Oh, you don't want to restructure to our liking? All right. Bye-bye. Have fun on the open market. Uh, The Jets may trade Darrell Rivas. Woody Johnson's probably saying, this guy and his agent have been a pain in my ass the past number of years. I'm done with it. I don't care how good you are and you're healthy. See ya, we're gonna trade you. The Rams cut Steven Jackson. The Giants cut OCU Manure. The Falcons cut John Abraham. There are a lot of names out there. A lot of big names out there. I mean, you read the list. Antoine Winfield and Adrian Wilson. D'Angelo Hall was cut. He was promptly signed up by the Lions. But you go on down the list. Deep into, deep into, you know, the free agency depth chart, if you will. And you see a lot of names you recognize. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that guy. I've heard of that guy. Wow, he's a free agent. Uh, I think it's teams really trying to reassert their dominance. I think it's owners trying to reassert their dominance on these players. You don't want to acquiesce to our demands? Don't want to take a $2 million pay cut, Anquan? Fine, we're trading your ass. We're not acquiescing to you because, you know, it's a flat salary cap after all. Um, here's the thing, though when handicapping this year's free agent market. Uh, I don't know how many of these guys can play anymore. Um, you know, people say, oh, what do you think of Asimwa? What do you think of Freeney? What do you think of Abraham? How about Adrian Wilson? Patriots need a veteran safety. Wouldn't Wilson be great? And, you know, Richard Seymour is out there too. And, you know, my response always is maybe, but, you know, Wilson's 33, soon to be 34. Can he still play? I don't know, I didn't watch all 16 Arizona Cardinal games last season. Uh, The way I look at this free agent market, the best analysis I can give you is, to me, as of this recording, there are a lot of solid veteran pieces out there who can complement a championship-caliber core. You know, a team like the Patriots, to me, is the perfect example. And I'm sure you could use this for other teams, but I'll just use the Patriots. I think their defense was improving at the end of last season. I think a lot of those young guys, Gerard Mayo, Brandon Spikes, Chandler Jones, Dante Hightower, Devin McCourty, uh, a lot of those guys on that team have now played together for a couple of years, have that championship experience. They just need a few more veteran pieces to solidify things. Another veteran pass rusher, like you, Menor, and an Abraham, maybe a Freeney. Uh, I would love another veteran safety back there to organize everything in that young secondary. Ed Reed, Deshaun Goldson would be my dream. You know, and that's thinking big, but the Pats have the cap space to think big. Uh, You know, I think that's a perfect example of how the core is already in place. Now what you need to do is get a couple of key veterans to supplement that core. And that's the best way to attack free agency this offseason. No championship core is going to be built through free agency, even in this deep market. But if you already have a core that you think is championship caliber, caliber, excuse me, or close to championship caliber, uh, you can certainly add a couple of key veteran pieces this offseason who can push you over the top. I think that's the best way to attack this free agent market. Moving on to our third down segment, a lot of interesting topics this week. It's the big up slowdown segment where, of course, I say a statement and then express my agreement or disagreement with that statement by saying big up or slow down. Question number one, is the Percy Harvin trade the riskiest move of the offseason thus far? Uh, The Seahawks, of course, surrendered a first-round and seventh-round pick this year, and then a mid-round pick in 2014, for Harvin services and Percy Harvin, of course, is entering the final year of his deal, so they will likely give him a new contract. Mike Wallace got what thirty million guaranteed, so you figure Harvin gets at least twenty million, probably even more than that guaranteed. So the Seahawks, with all the wide receivers out there, Welker's out there, Greg Jennings is out there, Wallace was out there, as I mentioned, as I as I mentioned, uh, a lot of options out there at wideout, but yet the Seahawks opted to trade for a guy in Harvin who they had to give up a lot of draft picks to get, and they'll have to pay him as well. It's a double whammy. So is that the riskiest move of the offseason? I say big up. As of this recording, that's the riskiest move of the offseason thus far. Uh, Greg Bedard, football writer for the Boston Globe. Now, I mention that because this isn't some, you know, wacko talk show host out there looking for attention. No, this is Greg Bedard, uh, the national football writer from one of the more esteemed newspapers in the country, the Boston Globe. And Greg Bedard called Harvin this in a column this week. Uh, quote, a spoiled brat of a diva with injury issues. Nice. <laughs> that's, uh, woo, that's uh, laying it on thick there, huh, Greg? Don't pull any punches, man. Percy Harvin, a spoiled brat of a diva with injury issues. Who oh, again, is also entering the final year of his contract, and wants a lot of money. So, yeah, I think that's a risky move for the Seahawks because the Seahawks give up a lot of picks to get him, and they'll have to pay him a lot, too. It's bold, you know, and it could work out great. I mean, all the football, a, a lot of fantasy geeks are salivating at all. Oh, Percy Harvin is going to be a great pickup next year. They're going to use him out of the backfield. They'll use him down the sideline, use him over the middle field. Him and Russell Wilson running all those different wildcat formations. Whoa! Heads are exploding, as they should. I mean, if all goes according to plan, Percy Harvin adds a dynamic option to that emerging Seattle offense. And to me, it shows that Pete Carroll gets it. You know, that Seattle front office gets it. Uh, You need to take risks to be a success in the league. You need to build a dynamic offense to be a success in this league. And Percy Harvin certainly adds a real dynamic element to that improving Seattle offense, now it's second-year quarterback, Russell Wilson, Marshawn Lynch, and the other weapons they already had there. Um, But if you're asking me who would I rather have, given the package, Harvin or Anquan Bolden, uh, i choose Bolden. I really think the Niners made the better deal. Get a guy like Anquan Bolden for a sixth-round pick, that's it? And the way he tore them up in the Super Bowl, what a steal for San Francisco – a uh, very curious move to me from Baltimore's perspective. Because as I said with Sal, uh, to me, Joe Flacco's a guy who needs to be surrounded with the best weapons possible. I've said this before. I don't think Flacco makes the guys around him better. I think the guys around Flacco make Flacco better. Um, and I think Bolden was one of Flacco's favorite targets. He showed us that in the playoffs. And I think it's going to be a big loss for the Ravens. Uh, they traded Bolden over $2 million. Really? I know they're up against the cap, but they couldn't structure that, work their way around the $2 million. Of course they could have. Uh, that's a very curious decision to me. Uh, you know, they let Kruger and Ellerby go, but to me Bolden's even more curious than that because Kruger and Ellerby, I think, are going to be overpaid. I don't think Paul Kruger's a $40 million player, and I don't think Ellerby's a $35 million player, which are the contracts they got from their respective new clubs, the Browns and Dolphins. Uh, but Bolden, over $2 million? Really? come on what he means to that team what he means to Flacco you're now 20 million dollar per year quarterback real curious decision to me and we'll see about Ed Reed they've lost Ray Lewis lost Kruger lost Ellerbe, lost a lot of players and leadership on that defense very curious to see how the Ravens and Ozzie Newsome uh, attack the Ed Reed situation uh because man a really interesting offseason in Baltimore talk about winning it and then tearing it all down that Curiously, seems to be the process going on right now with the Ravens. But John Harbaugh's had a lot of success there. Ozzie Newsom's had a lot of success there. So we will reserve judgment. Now, the Miami Dolphins. I talked about in the second nine segment how I don't think you can build a championship core out of free agency. I think you can rather use free agency to supplement an emerging championship core. Well, how about the Dolphins? Not have they built themselves into a championship contender, but... And they just built themselves into a postseason contender. They re-signed Brian Hartline, signed Mike Wallace and Danelle Ellerby. Big up slow slowdown of the Dolphins built themselves into a postseason contender as a result of some of their moves. Uh, I would say, after a lot of deliberation, big up. I think they have. They still have some work to do. Uh, they're going to lose Jake Long on that offensive line. And I know you think Long's overrated. I know they think he was overpaid. But still, you got to protect your quarterback, Ryan Tannehill's blind side you are going to have to replace Jake Long on the left side of the offensive line. i are going to likely have to replace halfback Reggie Bush. The Lions right now are the favorites for him, but it looks like Bush is gone as well. Um, I like Ellerbe. He's a young athletic linebacker, good in pass coverage. I think he's a nice compliment to Cameron Wake and some of the other good pass rushers they have in that front seven. So I like the Ellerbe signing for them, though, again, I think he is a tad overpaid. Um, I don't love the Wallace signing. Uh, I think the Hartline signing, frankly, is a better move for Ryan Tannehill and his development because Hartline gives Tannehill a nice check down option, uh, which is very valuable for a young quarterback like that. A guy like Wallace, I don't know. I mean, $30 million in that neighborhood guaranteed for him seems like a lot of money because Wallace seems like a one-trick pony to me as a wide receiver. He can run the deep route better than anybody neat you know I mean a lot of the times when Roethlisberger threw him the ball in Pittsburgh it was because Roethlisberger could hang back in the pocket for eight nine ten seconds I mean nobody could tackle him so he just lobs it up there to Wallace I mean maybe in Miami he'll be allowed to do different things but I don't know I mean to me that's putting a lot of pressure on a second year quarterback in Tannehill to get Wallace the amount of looks he wants to get in the course of a game when really all the guy has shown an ability to do up to this point in his career is run the deep route uh, so, to me, I don't want to shell out that kind of money for a home run hitter. I think the Dolphins could have allocated that money in a better way. I think Greg Jennings would have been a better fit for him. Uh, hell, Wes Welker, you know, maybe would have been a better fit for him. How would about sticking it to your divisional rival right there, right? Give Welker an offer to come back that you can't refuse. Um, you know, I would have focused on a better route runner, to me, than Mike Wallace. I think Wallace is a bit of a one-trick pony, and I don't love those guys who – run a great deep route, and that's it, because that's such a low-percentage throw, especially with a younger quarterback like Tannehill, unlike Roethlisberger, isn't all that mobile, so he's not going to be able to sit back in the pocket for 8, nine, ten seconds at a time and let plays develop 30, 40 yards down the field. So, you know, Wallace is a, is, is a, is a, is, is a really sexy name. He'll get on a bunch of highlight reels. He'll make some spectacular catches this year, I'm sure, but was that the best way to allocate 30-some-odd million dollars guaranteed. Uh, Was it 60 overall over five years? Uh, I don't know. No, I don't love that move for the Dolphins, but they're certainly improved, and it's a weak AFC East besides the Patriots. Uh, The Bills GM can't even figure out how to call another GM back, and the Jets are going to make David Garrard their starter. So, hey, I mean, it's a weak division. It's a relatively weak AFC. That's what it projects to be again this year. I think the Dolphins can be 9-7, 10-6, which gets you in the conversation. No doubt about it. Um, but again, it up to me. Wallace, not a huge, huge fan of that signing, especially for the money. Now, here's the last question here. Chris Gamble, free agent cornerback, formerly of the Carolina Panthers, was released late last week. And instead of testing the free agent market, reports say that Gamble is planning to retire. From the NFL. My question is. Big up or slow down. Is this a harbinger of things to come? With all the health risks. Attached to playing football. Are we going to see more guys like Chris Gamble. Who hang it up early. I say. Big up here. Yes I think this could be. A harbinger of things to come. It could be a new trend. Across the league. Because with the dangers now associated. With playing professional football playing in the NFL, many players like Gamble may say, you know, I'm 30 years old. I've made my money. I'm going to get out while I still have my wits about me. And I can do something else and live a long and productive life after football. Because in Gamble's situation, he's 30 years old. He's already passed the prime of his career for a cornerback. He's made the bulk of guaranteed money he's ever going to make. Gamble maybe looks at the situation and says, what am I doing here? I'm going to hold on for another couple of seasons, get some low ball, non-guaranteed, incentive-laden contracts. I'll have to go through a full training camp, have to go through the full mini camps, and we have to fight for every penny that I earn. And I've made the boatload of my money already. You know, I'm not going to get that big contract again. It's just not worth it for me to hold on. I think we may have seen the start of a new trend in the NFL. More guys like Chris Gamble hanging it up earlier rather than later. Closing out the show, it's the Reamer rant. A real quick one here because I know we're running long. But the NFL Network. I turned on the NFL Network yesterday, as I'm sure many of you did. Looking for some free agency coverage, the latest news and rumors, because I can't keep up with Twitter during a week like this. I just can't. I mean, wake me up when something actually happens. I I, I can't stare at my Twitter feed all day. I just can't. And 95% of it is rumors and junk. Oh, you know, reports say that, you know, three teams run on Wes Walker. Now reports say no teams run on Wes Walker. Now reports say the Patriots have offered Wes Walker. Well, I mean, they've kind of given him an offer. He knows an offer is on the table, but no, no offer has ever been presented to Walker and his agent David Dunn. I use Welker because it's been all smoke, no fire with him thus far. Maybe that'll change later this week. Hopefully it changes later this week. Um, But, you know, it's, it's all smoke, no fire. Give me some fire. I can't just be staring at my Twitter. It makes my head spin. It gives me a popsicle headache. So I said, okay, I'm going to watch the NFL Network. They're going to sift through the tweets for me. They have all the guys on staff there. They're going to break it down, and I don't have to sift through the tweets myself. I'll have someone else sift through my tweets for me. That's how lazy I am here. I'm too lazy to even sift through my own Twitter feed. Okay, so someone else can do it for me. NFL Network, great. Uh, No, I turn on the NFL Network whose mug do I see on my television screen? Scott Pioli, who failed miserably as GM of the Chiefs, uh, I don't know, just a few months ago. And Scott Pioli is talking to me and telling me about what teams should do. Uh, Well, I I got a news for you. It would be best to not follow Pioli's advice. Same goes for Matt Millen, who does work for ESPN. I mean, my God, do you really need Matt Millen? To tell me how, what teams should do, you should do whatever Matt Millen doesn't say to do. Do the opposite of what Millen says. Do the opposite of what Pioli says. Hey, I saw the McGrew with Warren Sap, but he's right. Oh, got, the, got, got to have this Pioli guy on again. I'm sure you've heard that audio, right? Pioli was making his NFL network debut yesterday and. Sap was off-screen, but his mic was still on. He goes, ah, oh, they're going to do the bleeping Belichick stuff. It's like the same stuff we had Mike Lombardi. Another failed GM, by the way. You know, we had Mike Lombardi do the f effing Belichick and angle. I'm so effing sick of this. All right, well, Warren, uh, you know. <laughs> Good to know you're unbiased in your analysis, but I, I agree with Warren Sapp there. Enough with Pioli. Sick of them, sick of these failed GMs telling me what to do. If you knew what to do, you wouldn't be on TV. You'd be the guys who the guys on TV are talking about. So please stop giving me failed GMs. I'm gonna have to go back to sifting through my own tweets, and we know what kind of backbreaking labor that is. So thanks for tuning in to episode number 41, the Football Nation Today podcast, hosted by yours truly, Alex Reamer. As always, hit me up on Twitter, at AlexReamer1 is my Twitter name. And also feel free to shoot me an email, areamer at bu.edu is my email address. Thanks go out to Sal Capaccio, host of Sports Radio, WGR up in Buffalo. Follow him on Twitter, at SalSports. Check him out, SalSports.com. Also, cheap plug, I was a guest on the Titletown Sports, the Jungle podcast this week. I'll have a link up there in the show description. Uh, we talked a little Red Sox baseball, getting into that baseball state of mind, and also some NFL free agency as well. So thanks, squad, to those guys at Titletown Sports for having me on their show this week. So long, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the free agency bonanza. Hopefully, as the rest of the week goes on, there will be more. Uh, sm- where there's smoke, there will be fire, uh, or however that expression goes. Hopefully, we get some substance, you know, none of this rumor crap. And uh, we'll talk to you next on Wednesday. So long. Have a good week. Talk to you next
2: on Football Nation today, next Wednesday.